we've been talking about Honor Code, and we're actually moving into a different series today. Um, and I've titled this Identity. If I get a little more volume on this, um, Identity. Um, we'll be in that for the, the month of July. And really, I want to say this before I forget it. July 30th, um, invite somebody, tell a friend um, to be here on July 30th. My friend, Pastor uh, Daryl Ballard, Journey Church in Fernandina Beach, will be here speaking um, his heart on the kingdom at the end of the month, and you don't want to miss that. He'll have a word for us um, and for you on that day, and I'm excited about that. But today, um, we need to get into this thing called identity. Um, I felt the need to teach on this um, because it's so important in our walk with the Lord to understand um, identity. And when I began to research really the meaning of this, and, and you'll see why it's important as we, we go on, but identity is important because we need to know who we are. Uh, but as believers, identity is tied to inheritance. Inheritance is always based on who you are. Um, if we look at the actual definition of inheritance, that means that's something that we have a legal right to based on who we are. And so as believers, as children of God, we all have an inheritance, but we have to tap into it by understanding our identity. And so I'm talking this morning about the power of one. And as we go into this, you'll see why I'm sharing these uh, particular passages of scripture and, and teaching from this, but I hope that we are blessed by what God has to say through this. Psalm 139, verse 14, you're probably familiar with it. It says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. So we know, first of all, that as uh, human beings, as, as children of God, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God carefully designed each and every one of us, but the part of that that's interesting because people will basically say, I know you have a purpose and God has this for you. But the part that we need to understand about this verse, not only are we fearfully and wonderfully made, but the psalmist says that his soul knows this very well. So identity and who you are in God has to be something that we are convinced of. Can we say amen? Because if we do not allow God to define who we are, this world will. If we don't allow God to define who we are, our co-workers will, our colleagues will. So we can only be defined by who God says that we are. Can we say amen? amen. And so it's important as we walk through this life because your, your, your trials, your tests, people that are around you, things that you might even have been going through before you got here today, if we're not careful, those things will define us. And so we have to know these verses that say, no, God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me. There's only one person like me. Nobody's like me on this entire earth. And this is not bragging or arrogance. It's the fact that God thought enough of me to make me the way that he did. You have to be comfortable not being like everybody else, not always going with the flow, but knowing that God made you special. And so Here's the next thing that we need to understand is 1 John 4, 4 and 17 says, By this love perfected with us, so that we may, be, we may have confidence in the day of judgment. But here's the part that you need to pay attention to. Because as he is, Jesus, so are what? Also we in this, earl, in this world. So it's important for us to understand that we are supposed to be an extension of Jesus here on earth. Are you following me? So it's important that it doesn't say as Jesus was. It says as he is, so are we in this world. That means right where I sit, where I go daily, day to day, I'm supposed to be a reflection of Christ each and every day. That means that if the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he's doing, he's now doing through me. Can we say amen? I need you to really catch this because many of us, we get rocked so easily off of who God created us to be by the things that we're going through. How many of you have had so much happen to you at once sometimes that you begin to question whether God even cares about you or whether God even loves you? Or where, where, you know, sometimes, God, where, where are you in this? I pray, I seek you, I read my Bible, where are you in all of this? And he's saying, no, I know you're dealing with things and I know you're going through things and I know you have tests and struggles, but just as I am right now, so are you here in this world. Now, what we're going to focus on today, and then why I titled this The Power of One, is because just like in the natural realm, this is going to be a lot of teaching, but just in our natural life, in our natural world, our identity is defined by family. God defines it, but think about it in the natural realm. When you come into this earth, somebody names you. 
your mother or your father names you, and you understand identity in the context of that family. So at the same time, if your name is Jimmy, your name can be Jimmy, you can be brother, you can be cousin, you can be all of these different things, but you find out in the context of what? Family. The body of Christ, the church, is a family. Remember I said inheritance earlier. I need you all to stay with me. Acts 20 and 32 says this, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and do what? Give you the inheritance by yourself. How many of you are comfortable sometimes? No, I just, it's just me. I just need to be by myself and just leave me alone. But the Bible says that we receive inheritance among those who are sanctified. So that means that there's some things. Why do I need to be part of a family? Why do I need to come to a church? Why do I need to be part of a spiritual body? Because God has something for you that you cannot receive outside of the family. You ever had a brother or sister in Christ, you felt like giving up and they encouraged you. They built you up. They, they helped you to go on another day. There's some things you can't receive outside of the body. And, and, and in our world, that, that really celebrates so much independence. And it's got to be me, and I can do it by myself, and I can make it by myself. I, I get that. But when it comes to spiritual things, you need to be connected. And you need to have the right connections, which means sometimes we got to disconnect from some things. There's some things that will attach themselves to our life that don't belong there. And... A lot of times, if you, you, you're struggling or you're going through something, you don't always realize that, but you need other people in the body and say, oh, that may not be good for you. How many times you, 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 you're in a family, you might be a parent or a child, you, you bring somebody home and the parent's like, that's not, I, I don't see that. <laughs> that's not going to work. Even my daughter's three, and even now these little babies come up, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it, it's a natural reaction as part of the family. When you're connected to somebody, there is a protective, say protective, protective instinct that comes over us when we're connected. That means that it's not okay for me to just be okay. I got to make sure you're okay too. Ah, we, we, it, it, we got this as a body years ago. We don't get it so much now because a lot of times in churches what we preach and teach is it's all about us. It's all about the individual. But the reality is, is that if you come against my brother or sister, you got a problem with me too. That's just the way I see it. Why? Because they're family. Now, we might fight at home. <laughs> That's how I said. Now, me and my sister, sometimes we didn't get along. But if somebody would mess with me, we had to put that on hold. Watch this. And we deal with that. And then we come back to each other later. See, the problem with us is sometimes when we, we have a problem with our brother and sister, we just let the shield drop on them too. Not realizing that just because we had a problem doesn't mean they're not still part of the body. Come on. Uh, Ephesians 4.11, and this is real, I want, I want to get to help us with this power of one, because unity is really important. There's some blessings that happen only in the context of unity and being on the same page. And here's what he says in Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and shepherds, and teachers, for what though? To equip the saints, right? For the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity, say unity, unity of the faith. So we, we're going somewhere. There's a reason that God puts gifts in his church. He doesn't put it so we can sit there and say, I'm this or I'm that, and I do this or do that. No, he puts it so we can be equipped to move towards unity in him. Are y'all following me? It's not too deep, is it? Is it good? All right. So he says, until we attain, thank you, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of who? The son of God. So as much as I preach and teach, I'm not supposed to point you to me. You're supposed to hear me, but see him. And people are supposed to see you, but see him. You're supposed to love them so they can see him. So when you, whatever you get in the body, it's supposed to, you, you can come to a better knowledge of Jesus. It's his house. So it's supposed to be about him. Also says to mature manhood or maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we actually come together every Sunday. We pray. We get in a small group. We sing. All that we do on a Sunday is not just so we can have this thing called church. We do it so that we can be more like Christ. That's the end goal. As much as we, we, these little side things are important, like I want to get healed and I want to get my relationship better and I want 
favor and all that stuff. We need all of that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, that's not the main reason you do this. We do this so we can be like Jesus. It's quiet in here. It's all right. God wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be built up. He wants us to be unified and he wants us to be mature. This is hard for us to realize because sometimes we go into situations and God uses those situations not to make us feel good, but so that we can grow up and so that we can be more mature. There's some things that you you ever had something like, man, why do I keep going through this? Over and over again, like that, uh, that old movie, Groundhog Day. You wake up and it's the same thing every single day. And you say, why do I keep going through the same thing? Because in the midst of the test, in the midst of whatever you're facing in your life, when you can't see what's going on outside, God is building something inside. Say, build me, Lord. Sometimes, and we have to be able to receive what he's doing on the inside so we can handle what's happening on the outside. Because sometimes we're asking God for things that we don't have the capacity to carry. And that's why we have to grow up. So he wants us equipped, empowered, built up, unified, and mature. But we go on, and this is why unity, that unity thing is so, so important. Unity does not mean uniformity. You know the difference? Understand the difference? Uniformity means we are all the same. Unity means we're all going towards the same goal. There's a difference. So I don't expect you to be like me. I just expect all of us to be running in the same direction. And this is why some of us have problems in our friendships, problems in our connections, because we like each other, but we're running different directions. Romans 16, 17 through 18 says, I appeal to you, brothers, underline this if you got a paper Bible, just make them over, to watch out for those who do what? The King James version of that verse says, mark those who cause divisions among you. So I, I want you to understand this in the context of your own life, in the context of your job or your career, or even in church. You have to know when something shows up that causes confusion. Because confusion is never God. God is not confused, so he doesn't cause confusion. And so you have to understand that if something shows up in your life and it begins to cause division, you need to mark where it's coming from quickly. And some of us, because we don't, can I just be honest with you? Because we don't deal with things, immediately they get worse. <laughs> and so I sit there and I always like to, I use this, this, this example. And this is maybe why people don't bring a lot of gossip to me. <laughs> because when they come and they say, well, did you hear? I say, hold on. Let's call them. Let's get them on speakerphone so you can say what you have to say to them. And usually that'll stop it. Right there. Because... You have to let people, I, I, look at, I look at something like that, gossip like garbage. Say garbage. If you think about this, you won't tolerate it. Because where do people put garbage? In a trash can. So if they bring their garbage to you, it, and all the church said, Amen. all right, let's get back to it. I just want to understand, it's important to mark people who cause division among you, but then you can't just leave it there. And it says, they, because they create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. And then he tells us something very easy to do, very, very easy. He doesn't tell you to be rude. He doesn't tell you to be ignorant. He just says to do what? Avoid them. So when you find people in your life who cause division, they cause problems, they, they're always, it, it always seems like they're planting seeds that, 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 create uh, walls and things in your life. When that happens, just, all right, I can't deal with you. Don't have to be rude. You just, I can't move forward. I can't do everything that God wants me to do in my life if I'm constantly dealing with your foolishness. Amen? He said, for such persons don't serve the Lord Christ but their own appetite. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So here's what happens. Wisdom will always teach us how to deal with divisive people. That's the principle. When the wisdom tells us how to deal with divisive people. You know, some things are easier when you're on the same page, right? You ever asked a pregnant woman what they want to eat? Is she in here? Okay. All right. Let me tell you that if you ever do this, you got about five minutes to get out of the house and go get it. Because if you don't get it after that, it's going to change, and then you don't want what she wants, and it, it just, 
and then you have problems. I, I give you a real silly example of that. But this is why. Divisive people don't serve Jesus. They ultimately worship themselves. If a person is divisive, this is, this is so important because, and I'm going to help, uh, this is why, and divisive doesn't mean disagreement because we disagree sometimes. But divisive, if we are divisive, that means that we're not actually concerned about solving the problem. We're concerned about being right. And there, there, there's, there's a difference. When we disagree, the goal is that we can together, through integrity, come to what? Agreement. And the problem is some of us can't solve problems that we have in our life with other people because we don't want agreement. We don't compromise. We just want to be right. And sometimes you got to watch that because if a person ser serves themselves, all they're concerned about is whether I was right. But if we're not on the same page, then my goal is let's, let's, let's pray. Let's get together so we can get on the same page and see what God wants. Amen? They ultimately worship themselves. You may or may not have ever met somebody like that. Being Christ-like means that we fight for unity, not priority. When we're Christ-like, we're always fighting, and people get around me and others, I'll fight to protect unity. That means that I value purpose over position. Purpose is more important because you can't sit there and say, no, I, it's, this is my position. This is this, this is that. No, in anywhere in life, it's all about purpose. It's all about purpose. God never said to you, you've got to be this in order to do this. And some of us get hung up on the wrong things. But unity, we ought to fight for it in our home. We ought to fight for it uh, if we work with a team on our jobs. And certainly we ought to fight for unity in God's house. Amen? There's things we can accomplish when we get on the same page. I don't, it's a kind of obscure story from the Old Testament. But the, these guys had gotten together and they said, well, we... We all speak the same thing. We all speak the same language. Let's build a tower that goes up to heaven. And the Bible says that they were so unified that God had to come down and stop them. And that was a bad example. God says, oh, look, they, they speak the same language. They, they've got the same assignment. They've got the same goal. We've got to go down there and do what? Confuse their language. Is this helping somebody? Listen. God said we have to confuse their language so they don't understand each other and they'll stop doing what they're doing. Can you make a parallel to your own life? Nothing will stop what God wants to do faster in your life than misunderstanding each other. A misunderstanding. That's why we fight for unity. That's why when we don't understand something, what we should do is say, help me understand this. I didn't quite get that. This is real practical stuff today that, to help us move forward. Why, do, why is this important? Why is this unity important? John 17, 20, 21. I do not ask for these only, but I also ask those who believe in me through their word that they may all be what? One. Just as you, Father, in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. But here's the purpose, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. Unity is intended to be a testimony. People should, should see Believers, people should be, see people who love God be so unified that it gets their attention. In other words, wait a minute. I come to this place and they love each other like that? I, I, I know this may not hit home with some of you, but there, be, there should be so much love among God's people that the, the, the unbelieving world envies it. It should get their attention when they walk in the door and they see, they see, and I'll show it to you from scripture, but they see how much you pray for each other, how much you encourage each other, how much you push each other in their destiny. They're like, man, I don't get that at my job. And I grew up my whole life and I never experienced that, but these, these what's wrong with them? <laughs> they love each other like that, that, that somebody is down and depressed and they rush to help them back up. Because they, they come from a world where if they're down and depressed, they get kicked. So they should get among the believers. Wait, wait a minute. They believe for that person to be healed like that? They have that kind of faith that they just, they're going to keep praying until the person? Yes, that's what we believe. Because we love each other. Is that, is that, it, hopefully that's not offensive to anybody. But I just feel like if 
the enemy is giving you a field day, it would be like me watching you get bullied by a human. Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't have them because they're part of the family. Realize that some people have never been taken up for their entire life, but they'll see you reach out your hand to help somebody up and be like, no, I got to be part of what God is doing. I'll prove it to you from the scripture because so, some, somebody will say, well, he's just giving his opinion. Okay. All right. A new commandment I give to you that you do what? Love one another. How we're supposed to do it. Just as I've loved you. Can I teach for a minute? Just, just a minute. I'm supposed to love you the way Jesus loved me. So I'm not supposed to just love you the way I want to love you. This is why some of us get confused about it, because people come up to you and they say they love you, but they act the opposite. But Jesus, Son of God, he loved us so much that he came and lived a sinless life. Opened up blinded eyes, opened up deaf ears, made people who couldn't walk, walk, forgave people who this world would never forgive. That's how I'm supposed to love. That's the kind of love that gets people's attention. But there's a reason. By this, all people will know what? That you are my disciples. So they're not going to know it by how good I preach. They're not going to know it by how good I teach or whether they got a word in season. They're going to know I'm his disciple because of the love that I show. And for some of us, that's not, it's not easy because we've never experienced it. Everything we've ever experienced in our life has been conditional. Say conditional. Time to get real in here. You're used to people being friends with you because they want something. You're used to people, you know, being nice to you because there's something you can do for them. But the reality is, no, I just love you as my brother and sister because, watch this, this is going to be real deep, because you're my brother and sister. I know. That's, that's the only reason. And my goal is to grow in it every day. I want to love you better today than I did yesterday. I want to serve you better today than I did yesterday. I want to pastor you better today than I did yesterday. Because let me tell you something. Taking this microphone, serving the Lord this way, this is not for me. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do this for me. I do it because it's a call to help you go further in God. Die to self so that you can accomplish your purpose. So that God can take you to the place that he wants to take you. How we treat each other is designed to make a difference to those who don't know him yet. I want you to challenge yourself to love people in a way that amazes those who are watching. The only way we can do this is to become unconcerned about ourselves. Because what happens is, is we, we love to a point where we can just kind of, from you know, I'm going to love you from a distance. Remember, you know that saying? And I understand there's some people you have, to, you have to treat a certain way. But you need to be around, you need to love the people around you so much that whether it's on your job or grocery store, whatever, people see you and it causes them to ask questions. You know Jesus calls us the salt of the earth? You know, the reason he uses that analogy is because salt makes people thirsty. It's not just because it's a preservative, but salt makes people thirsty. So the question, I think I've said this in the church before, is are you loving people and serving God in a way that makes other people thirsty for him? That's the goal. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. How? Unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down. Oil represents the anointing of God and everything that comes with it. Running down on the beard and on the beard of Aaron running down. So unity is important and it flows. It's supposed to flow. So something's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be so together that there's a supernatural, don't let that word scare you, a supernatural move that happens in God's house. When we're all unified, all surrendered to him, something should happen in his house. There's a freedom and a, and, a, and a healing and a deliverance that should happen that you can't experience any other way. And I sat there and I was reading the scripture uh, yesterday. I was studying and I said, God, I need to see the manifestation of what I preach. 
me and God were having a talk like that. I don't know if y'all ever talked to God like that. But I said, God, if I'm going to preach this, and I'm going to teach this, I need to see the manifestation of it. How many of you have faith like that? Where I read it, I want it. Some of us are scared to say that because we think it's arrogant. No, it's a promise. The Bible says every promise is yea or yes and amen, which means that if I see it, if I see the healing there and I need it, I want it. If I see the no lack in there and I need it, I want it. If I see the peace, I need it, I want it. And we need to know, God, that's for me. If you died to give it to me, I want everything you died to give me. Now, now why? It's not just because it's selfish. It's because if you need it, I need to be able to impart it. And, and here's the reality. I cannot give you something I don't have. But, Lord, if I have it and it's overflowing, when you need to access it right there. Um, uh, who was that? Margie. I was talking to Margie earlier. She told me something that just blessed my soul. She said, uh, you know, I keep these things in my car. I keep cables and uh, tools in my car in case somebody needs a jump or to open, open a locked car. She said, I don't know how to use it, but I have it in there in case somebody needs that. And I say, Margie, can I tell the people about this? Because it's blessed me. What she was saying is that I don't know. Watch this. Don't miss this. Write this. I don't know when or how, but God has made me somebody's answer. That's the revelation I got from that. And if you miss this, you'll miss. Watch this. Watch this. Because we can celebrate off this right here. I can stop preaching. If we miss this, we're going to miss so many blessings that God has for us. Because we sit there walking around and say, I don't know what I have. I don't have anything. I don't have this. She said, no, I keep this on me in case somebody needs it. But if I see somebody that needs it, I realize I ain't got to pray about it. I don't have to ask God about it. I'm their answer. Watch this. God made you somebody's answer. Stop negotiating with him. When he speaks to you and he tells you to do something, do it because it's not just that he made you their answer, but he's got your harvest in mind too. You're going to miss this. Why don't I have this yet? Because that, 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 those cables, that thing that she had in her car to open the car, those things are her seed. This is going to be deep for some of y'all. This is that, no, he's not preaching about money. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Come on, stay with me. And so... She realized that's my seed. And when I'm driving around and somebody can't get in their car or they can't drive their car, I, I got my seed in the car. I don't have to pray about whether it's my seed because it's in there. I see the need and I have the tools. Some of y'all will go to the next level when you realize you are somebody's answer. I'm telling you, receive that as a prophetic word today. You'll be less frustrated because you're sitting there worrying about yourself and this realizing, wait a minute, no, God made me their answer so he can be my answer. <sighs> this isn't my notes. This is just coming to me now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited about what I talk about. Because some of us will go around, well, I'm just, I'm this, I'm that, I'm down to nothing, I don't have anything, he didn't put anything inside of me. Guess what? When somebody's discouraged and depressed, and that thing that wells up in you called encouragement, that encouragement is your seed. Because you don't need it right now, but they do. And it might be inconvenient for you to plant it, but they need it so God can give you the, your harvest. How, you, it's not always convenient to answer the phone. Can I just teach and preach this? But you answering the phone might be your seed. Because it may only take two minutes to pull them out of what they're in right then. And God is saying, you know what, I can trust you. Because I made you somebody's answer. I didn't have to come in a vision to tell you that. But you listened and responded to the need that you saw. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. Some, that's too heavy for some of us, but that's okay. Unity is good and is pleasant. How many of you get in an environment? You ever get in an environment and you're like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> but then you get into another, you get into another, man, I could just stay here all day. Man, I could just have this conversation all day. Man, they just, man, I could just be around this person all day. It don't bother me. I don't look at the clock. Anybody who knows me, I think I've said this before, I'm very time conscious. So it, there comes a point sometimes where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm about ready to, to, to move on to the next thing that I need to do. But then, even me, I get into, sometimes I can get into a conversation, and it's edifying, it's building up, and I feel God is moving. I'm like, yeah, nah, I, I could just do this all day. <laughs> sometimes you get around people like that, 
And you're like, man, it's just good to be around you. Here's the secret. All of us should be like that. Yeah, should be. <laughs> all of us. Watch this. I'm not saying all of us should be people, people. What I'm saying is that it should not be a chore to be around you. Because it wasn't a chore. Kids like Jesus. He had to be fun. He couldn't. He would. <laughs> That's a different message, too. It's like the disciples, like, the disciples trying to just send them away, send them kids away. And Jesus is like, no, let them come, let them come. Jesus had, he's the son of God healing people. He got kids sitting on his lap playing with them. So he couldn't have been that intimidating. Where there is unity, there will eventually be harmony. So, so I got some music people in here, and I'm not necessarily a music person. But you need unity first. You need to be on the same page. And then harmony is, okay, how do we work together to make a good sound? Right? We don't all sound the same, but we bridge our and we, we blend our sounds together so it sounds good, right? Am I close? Okay. So think about that in the terms of family. Think about it in the terms of the gifts. Everybody in here doesn't have the same gift, but you have a gift. And the fact that your gift does not sound like my gift and my gift doesn't sound like anybody else's doesn't mean I just put it away. No, it means we learn how to sing together so that there's a good sound that comes. And when the good sound is comes, Unless you're really listening close, you may not know where which sound is coming from. I probably should have used notes today. <laughs> anyway, there's so much coming to me while I'm talking. But anyway, let's, let's finish this. First uh, Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, it says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. Why? Because you were not ready. Milk lays the foundation for meat. Some people are like, man, this is just, why is he always teaching so basic? Because i got to lay foundation so that you can get and digest the stronger stuff. Not solid food for you weren't ready. And this is how we know when someone's not ready. And even now you are not ready because you're still what? Of the flesh. What we do is spiritual. This thing is spiritual. And I understand that in our current culture, church has become so cool that it can't be spiritual. Some of y'all catch that later. <laughs> and so it says, you're still of the flesh. For where there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? In other words, if it's about me, we're still in the flesh. If all I'm concerned about is whether I get my way, we're still in the flesh. The only thing that I should be concerned about in God's house is that people hear his voice. You don't wake up on a Sunday morning and pray and, and get your expectation high so you can hear Shannon's voice. I'm just a mouthpiece. You need to hear, you need a word from God. I don't seek him all week for a word from me because that can't help you. You need a word from God. You need something. In all this 30 minutes or whatever we're teaching, you just need God to drop one thing to change your life. And he knows each and every one of us and where we are. So he'll tailor it so this, this thing catches you and this thing catches you and this thing, you know what I mean? That's how he is because he loves you so much. He says that if you're jealousy and strife, we're all behaving in a, in, in a human way. Where there's a lack of unity, there's a lack of maturity is what he's saying. So you know how mature somebody is by how well they are able to move towards unity. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not merely human beings? You ever, <laughs> this is kind of how that conversation, I envision that conversation would go now in churches. Hey, man, uh, what church you go to? Uh, how many people do they have? What kind of sneakers does that pastor wear? That, that's how this conversation would be all about fleshly stuff that does not matter. And so Paul straightens this up. He says, who's Paul? Who, who's Apollos? They're just servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Our ultimate loyalty is to God, it's not to man. And this is why, this next point. He says, I planted and Apollos watered, but watch, this is the most important part, but God gave the growth. So a thing doesn't grow because of you or me. 
This will actually help us serve God with more fire, not less. Because he says, he says, I planted. That was my assignment and my job is to plant. I'm not a waterer. I'm a planter. He says, but Apollos watered. So I know what I did, but I also recognize what's on him. And that means that I don't ever, like, how does that look now? The person you sit next to, you're like, man, I got something, but they got something too. In other words, I have a part in this, they have a part in this, but ultimately, neither one of them takes precedence because it's God who gives the growth. Y'all with me? This, is, this should help you to realize that there's significance in you, but you are not the significance. It, it's in you. God puts something in you that's part of the bigger plan. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is what? This is strong language. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is what? That's humbling, isn't it? <laughs> he said, man, because we're like, man, I work so hard. I do this. I do it. Man, it's just so hard. And we, we appreciate people, and we like to appreciate people. But here's what he says. Yeah, um, about that planting, it's good. No, nah, that watering, that, that's good too. But um, y'all ain't really anything. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. This is God's word. This, I didn't say this. But only God... Who does what? Gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. You see why? Unity. We do different things, but we're one. Someone has a gift of this and someone has a gift of that. They're different gifts, but we're one. And each one will receive wages how? According to so this is why you can't get hung up on what everybody else is doing in your life. Because your reward is not based on what everybody else is doing in your life. <laughs> I, we always are, how do I get the cure for envy and jealousy and all these crazy things that go on in my mind? You just worry about you and what God told you to do. And, and, and then he'll bless you for what you did according to your obedience. Yes, they get on my nerves sometimes. You ever have people in your life? Don't say that if they're sitting next to you. Every now and then you'll come across somebody that might get on your nerves. But God put something in them too. And they're going to be recorded according to the only. For we are fellow, we are God's fellow workers. So here's the thing. We must not allow our differences that are meant to knit us together to tear us apart. Our differences are actually supposed to bring us together. Because I understand that clearly, if you've heard us, me and Desmond don't have the same gifts. But that shouldn't draw us apart. It should bring us together. You know, if you if you you you've been around, where is she? Where's Regina? Is she in there somewhere? You've been around Regina, she had different gifts. And than I do. And I don't have them. So it shouldn't be like, no, I can't be around her right now. Because we're different. No, we celebrate that and it should draw us, watch this, closer together. Don't despise something that you might need later. See, here's the problem. My dad used to say it like this. He said, don't burn the bridge. You might have to cross back over. When I used to be in a, some people, I hate even saying this because y'all go research this. But in something else that I used to do that might or may not be professional wrestling, um, we used to have this saying, say, be careful who you step on on the way up because you're going to see those people on the way down. So it's all about understanding this. We should never get to a point where we're too proudful and too, too high-minded to relate to other people. Come on. Now, does this mean, Pastor, that means you just, I just have to invite everybody in my life? No, you don't. That's not what I'm saying. There's some people, they, they, they need to earn the access that you give them. Is that helping anybody, that, that one sentence? See, some of us give access to everybody immediately. Some people need to be trusted and earn the access that you provide them. Because what you let in, we'll do that on part two. Um, you are God's field, God's building. I'm wrapping this up now. You, you are God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I've laid the foundation. That foundation is Christ. Someone else is building on it. Let each one of us take care how he builds. Every single one of you is a builder. As we wrap this up, 
And I want this to really be a sobering understanding this morning. When you become a part of the body of Christ, you don't then get to decide whether you're a builder or not. When you take on the name of Christ, when you become a believer, you are a fellow builder in the kingdom. This is why we have this warning. Let each one take care of what? How he builds. Every one of us is, is adding something to the foundation. Every single one of us. For no one, though, can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ. Let us never come together and there be not a mention of Christ or a mention of what he's done for us. All of this is about Jesus. All of it. Every song, every musician, everyone who greets and serves, everyone who works with kids. It's all Jesus. That's the only thing it's about. Because when it's about him, he'll make, he'll make everything what needs to be about you, about you. But it starts with him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Did more teaching today than probably preaching. It wasn't really designed to to excite, excite you today. I wanted to lay some foundation though. Because in this thing called a walk with the Lord, sometimes just the, the natural things of life, the things that we experience, the things that we go through, make us forget that it's about Jesus. But he made a couple promises to us in his word. He said, uh, his first invitation when he said, to, he told the, the, the disciples to follow me, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And I underline in, in the Bible where he says, follow me and I will make you. And I stopped and I was like, this is, this is powerful because he never designed us to make ourselves. Hmm. He says, you know, follow me and I'll make you everything you need to be to do everything you need to do. So you may have come in here with any type of challenge, any type of of just struggle going on in the heart. Maybe even called in and said, I know God's got significance for me. I know he's got a purpose for me in my life. I really haven't tapped into it yet. Um, this is really for you today. This, this is for you. If you're here and nobody, we don't, we don't necessarily make people come up to the front. Um, if you want prayer from one of our prayer partners, they'll be here. But you're here and you're like, you know what? I've been listening to this and there's a nugget that I caught and, and you know what, Pastor? I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm part. God has made me part of a bigger picture. I've come in here thinking, man, I, I don't even know what my gifts are, how to use them. God does not waste anything. Not a single thing. Which means that he didn't waste anything he put inside of you. He didn't waste anything that you've been through or gone through in your life. And watch this, because this is the hard thing to hear. He's not wasting anything that you're going through right now. Somebody needed to hear that. Right at this moment, you are struggling and you're trying to find direction and purpose. And God says, even in this pain, even in this struggle, even in this lack of direction, I'm still here. I didn't leave. And I'm not wasting anything in your life. And here's what he wants you to know. All it takes is one word for me to turn it around anyway. So while you're waiting for the turnaround, just trust that I'm walking with you. That's the only thing you can do. Think about this. The only thing you can do when you can't see is trust. So you're here, and here's what I want you to do. Quickly, nobody looking around. Something, you say something in that message was me. I, I found myself somewhere there. If that's you, lift your hand quickly. I want to pray with you. I just want to be in agreement with you. you for your humility honesty I love that I want you to those who, who for this next thing I want you to join with those who already raised their hand if you're here and you need any type of physical healing emotional healing anything lift your hand quickly physical emotional healing just quickly just so I can see you not not for you to come up or anything I just want to see who I'm praying for okay 
Last thing, last thing. I sense this. It, the only way I could describe it, and some people, this is just what we do. I just tell you what I see. I talk in word pictures. There's a tug of war going on in the heart right now. It, it's like you, you feel like you're being pulled in two different directions, equal pressure on each side. In your peace, watch this, your peace is in dropping the rope. See, you think that you gotta get to pull it, pull and pull and pull till you get it over to your side. Your peace today is in dropping the rope. If that picture just resonates with you some kind of way, lift your hand up, keep it up. Just wanna see who, okay, all right, amen, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. And let me not miss this. I take this for granted sometimes. If you're in here and you've never been saved or you have kind of drifted from your relationship with the Lord and you want that restored, lift your hand as well. Lord, forgive me for missing that. But it's just, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. For everybody who's gathered today in your house, we thank you for giving us a word to help us on our journey. Thank you that you have purpose and plan for every person in this place, Lord. Your word says that the plans that you think for us are good plans to give us a future and a hope and expected end. Lord, your word says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, there's nothing that we can come to that you didn't get to first. There's nothing that's a surprise to you. Lord, you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, no, this happened to them. Lord, you've been walking with us the whole time. So I pray, first of all, for those who, uh, they, they raised their hand. They said, I found myself somewhere in that message. Lord, show them their gifts. Make it clear like never before how you've gifted them. In the name of Jesus, make it clear to them how they're supposed to help further your kingdom, Lord. Make it clear to them how, how you have designed them and created them will make their family better. In the name of Jesus, make their job better, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling now. And they found themselves in that tug of war, whether it be emotionally, whether it be something actually physically going on in their life right now. I pray that you give them the strength to drop the rope and trust you and believe you, Lord, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all they could ask, think or imagine. Lord, I pray now for those who are experiencing physical sickness, physical sickness in their body, pain, lingering disease, struggle, anything like that, Lord. I come against the spirit of infirmity right now in the name of Jesus, and I declare divine health and healing over them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I declare that what is going the wrong way will, will begin to go the right way, Lord, that they begin to see favorable doctor's reports. In the name of Jesus, that you would encourage, especially this week, bring such encouragement to them that they know only you could do this. Lord, those who have been made somebody's answer, Lord, that you, you, you've put things in them to make them the answer to somebody's prayer. You've gifted them in some way to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Lord, give them now the courage and the faith to walk that out in the name of Jesus. Those who are struggling uh, relationally, Lord, begin to put the tools in their hands and the courage and the faith to continue to pursue, pursue you in it. Everybody keep your eyes closed. I don't usually do this, but it just feels so strongly. You can just put it up and put it down. You, you're here, and you have specifically experienced bruises in ministry. That's, all, that's the only thing. You've been bruised some kind of way in ministry. Just quickly, just slip it up just so I can see who it is. I just, I, I physically almost could just tell you, like, I... I Here's what the Lord wants you to know. The reason it hurts so bad is because the enemy wanted you to quit completely. So he tried to stamp your flame out before it ever got started. Mm. Lord, I pray healing over their bodies, over their souls, over their minds. Lord, I don't know what the root cause of the hurt that they've endured are, the experiences that they've been through, Lord, but I ask you now to begin the restoration process. Lord, begin to plant seeds of hope that they can believe again, that they can serve again, that they can run this race with joy again. Pull them off of the sidelines. In the name of Jesus. You're here for them today, Lord. 
Oh, God, heal their mind, heal their body, take the scales off of their eyes. Oh, Jesus. It's just like a kid who falls off a bike and hurts themselves and they don't want to get back on because the pain was so bad. And I'm here to encourage you. God has you here because this is the day you get back on the bike. What if they don't understand me? What if they don't, they don't get me? God gets you. And he loves you. And, and somebody, he wants you to know somebody will be saved because you got back on the bike. And so, God, we give you praise for this day. We give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you for new beginnings and refreshing in the life of your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let's everyone celebrate Jesus all over the room. Let's just give God praise. He's worthy of it. Man, isn't it amazing that we sometimes serve a God we really can't figure out? (laughs) He said, I wasn't designed to be figured out. I was designed to be believed. (laughs) I need you to believe me. Don't figure me out. Just believe me. So don't leave before I get a chance to to high-five you, shake your hand, and just let you know that I was glad that you're here. It's going to be a great week. Uh, Speak in favor over your week. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your people this week. Let them be clothed with favor like never before. Let every positive, good, godly seed that they plant this week be theirs back in abundance a hundredfold. Lord, give them peace. Give them safety. Lord, let their faith, Lord, uh, be be manifested in levels that has never been manifested before this week. This week. Somebody say this week. Say this is my week. Say it like you mean it. This is my week. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week.